during this weekend, you guys, some of you have had a chance to talk with me. And I have a huge passion for, for mission and for community, missional community, you know, getting out and telling people about Jesus and doing it together. That's what I'm really passionate about. And as we talked about that this weekend, a couple people had a couple concerns, like, well, what is that? Missional community. What is it really? I don't get it. I don't understand it. Some people are just like, you know what, Aaron, I'm, I'm actually kind of scared. I'm, I'm scared to, to go out because I don't know what to say. I'm scared because, do you know the people that I know? I'm a little nervous. Aaron, I feel like reaching out. I feel like I'm limited. I feel like I'm behind a locked door. And I can't get anywhere. I'm stuck. I have a friend. His name is Ali and he's 25 years old. His life has been kind of like a a locked door. 25 years old, he's been in Sweden now for about nine years. But he was 16 years old when he began to, to walk out of Iraq and make his way to a safe place. How many of you in this room are you know, 15, 16, 17 years old. Raise your hands. Picture you walking from here to Latin America. No parents, no money, no language because there was war in your country. So Ali came to this wonderful, amazing, cold, dark place called Sweden. And he gets there and he's, he's trying to live, but his experience of being in Iraq is one of war, a place where ISIS is living there and a place where his father is killed. He's scared. He's nervous. He's limited. And so he gets some post-traumatic stress, gets some anxiety, and life seems complex. And from the day that he entered Sweden, he was worried and concerned that he would be deported. That he would be forced to leave Sweden to go back to a place where they would kill him. And during his time of being in Sweden, he got to meet some really cool people. People from the church. People who loved Jesus and people who loved him. And as they did that, he got to know Jesus Christ. And he became a Christian, was baptized and began to believe, but still, a lot of struggle in his life. He was locked up. I want to tell you another story. A story that we find in the Bible. If you have your Bible, you're welcome to open up with me to John chapter 20. A story about a locked door. 
And the story that we're going to be looking at is from John chapter 20, starting in verse 19 to verse 23. That Sunday evening, the disciples, the followers of Jesus Christ, were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid, terrified of the Jewish leaders. Jesus Christ, their, their, their teacher, their friend, they saw crucified, killed on a cross. They were scared, running for their life. So they ran behind locked doors so that they won't share that same fate. They were scared. And while they were scared behind their locked door, whew, suddenly, Jesus was there. The door's locked. But Jesus was suddenly there. And he was standing there with them. And Jesus, he got there. And when he was there, he said to them, Peace be with you. And as he said, Peace be with you, he showed them his hands and his side. Look at my wounds. And the disciples were filled with joy. He's alive. And yet again, the second time, Jesus said it again. Did he forget what he just said? No, he says it again. He says, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. Then he does this. He breathes on them. And he says, receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone's sins, Jesus continues, they are forgiven. And if you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Jesus, in the place where the disciples, terrified and worried, hiding behind the door. They're locked, scared. Jesus suddenly appears to them. And he begins to minister to the disciples behind their locked door. And know what he does? He gives them assurance. He gives them his mission. He gives them his Holy Spirit. And he gives them authority. Jesus gives them assurance because he he shows them his hands. Look, look at these wounds. It really is me. Do you know anyone else that was crucified in the last three days? Look, it's me. And I am alive. He assures them. And he also gives them assurance. He, He gives them peace. Peace be with you. I mean, this is the prince of peace here. He has all authority to give peace. And he does. He gives this peace to the disciples because these guys are terrified. You know what? If the Son of God is killed by the Jewish leaders, could you imagine what he would do to us? You know, you could see the disciples kind of thinking that. They're going to do much worse. We're just kind of some dudes. You know, no big deal. But the Son of God was killed. So the first thing Jesus does is he gives them peace because he knows exactly where they are at. 
And Jesus gives them his mission. I think it's kind of funny. It's like, uh, Jesus, did you forget? You just said, uh, peace be with you. So he says it again. Peace be with you. But this time, as he's ministering to the disciples, you know what he's doing? He's connecting peace with sending this time. He's adding a little bit more. Not just peace. It's peace and sending. Peace while you're being sent. Jesus says, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. I love this because Jesus says, as God sent me, past tense, he sent Jesus. I am sending you. For the nerds of you who are out there, it's an active participle. Sending, it's something that's happening. It's continuous. It's still happening. Jesus is sending his disciples out. He is sending and sending and sending and sending. And he is still sending his disciples in 2015. It's not done, my brothers and sisters. We get kind of scared when we talk about his mission. We get scared when we talk about missional community to reach out. I don't, I don't want to do it. It's not me, not my personality. I don't like talking to people. I don't know what to say. Uh, I don't want to do it with these people. They're weird. I'll do it alone. So many different things we have. But it's Jesus. Jesus for people. We, we get worried when we talk about this mission. And we feel like we're limited when we begin to talk about it because we don't know. It's okay. It's a locked door. But Jesus says, you know what, I'm going to give you peace as I'm sending you. So Jesus, what does he do next to his disciples? He gives them the Holy Spirit. I love this. The scripture says he breathes on them the Holy Spirit. Because we know that spirit, breath, wind, it gives life. We read in the first book of the Bible, Genesis, he breathes life into Adam, and he lives. He's doing the very same thing. These disciples are probably feeling pretty dead behind that door. He breathes new life into them by giving them the Holy Spirit. I would define the Holy Spirit as being the presence of Jesus Christ today. The Holy Spirit is Jesus Christ's presence here with us today. So he gives them his presence. It gives them new life. It's kind of like a little pre-Pentecost. But what the Holy Spirit does is that it gives the disciples the ability to do his work. Disciples, those guys that were behind, you know, the locked door, the upper room, doing their thing. He does that today to disciples in 2015. And then verse 23. Is it just me or does this verse seem kind of out of place? So they're up in the upper, you know, they're in the room, they're locked. Jesus comes in, Foof, peace be with you. They get happy. Uh, peace be with you, sends them out. Um, the Holy Spirit. And he starts talking about forgiveness. Maybe you guys get it more than I do. Sat and pondered that for a while. I don't get it. Why is he all of a sudden just talking about forgiveness? Ah, 
I guess if I was a follower of Jesus Christ and uh, was right there as a disciple, you know, right when Jesus was crucified, and I got scared, and I became a chicken, and I ran behind the door, and I was nervous and worried, and all of a sudden, my teacher, Lord, came, and he saw me, and I was hiding behind the door, I would feel kind of shamed. I would feel guilty. Jesus, he, he, he healed people. He raised people from the dead. But yet I'm cowarding. These disciples were cowarding behind the door. He forgives them. The power of forgiveness. As he's talking about forgiveness. He, he gives them authority. Because remember, the, the teachers of the law were arguing with Jesus before. Only God has the right to forgive sins. But now Jesus is saying, if you forgive anyone their sins, they are forgiven. If you don't, they're not forgiven. He's giving them the authority to forgive. God does that. Jesus does that. We can do it. And so can the disciples. That's what we're going to do. We're going to forgive. And forgiveness can happen. That authority is given by what? The Holy Spirit. My brothers and my sisters, locked doors stop us. Locked doors in our life stop us from being the church. And more importantly, locked doors stop us from being able to share Jesus Christ with other people. We get stuck. Maybe a door that we have in our life, maybe it's in connection with going out and sharing your faith, reaching out into the community, whatever. It may be that, or maybe it's something completely different that's happening in your life. Maybe you have a locked door of fear. Fear of sharing your faith with others. Fear of death. Fear that you'll be beaten. I don't know. Fear of losing your job. It's a locked door. Maybe you have a fear of inactivity, not being able to move, immobile, not doing anything. I don't know what to do, so I'm just going to stand. Maybe a, a locked door of isolation. You are alone. There's no one to go with you to, to, to teach you maybe how to go out. Or you feel alone because you are alone. You don't live with anyone else. You're single. You feel very alone. Maybe there's other people that aren't around you. The friends that you had maybe are all dead now. In one way or another, you may feel isolated even though you're in a huge crowd. It's your locked door. Your locked door may also be resistance or oppression, opposition. Maybe you're kind of like Aaron. I have crazy ideas about ways that you could reach out to the community. And sometimes people are like, no, you can never do that. And they just, no. And you feel kind of limited maybe. Or something else, people at work, boss, or whatever, I don't know. You're being oppressed, you're being resisted. It's a locked door which stops you from going on. But you know what? There's a, there's a comparison here with what Jesus ministers to his disciples, what he can minister to us when we are locked behind doors. If our door for us is fear, he gives us assurance. I'm here with, with you. 
If our locked door is a door of inactivity, of being immobile, you know what he does? Jesus gives us his work and his mission. You can do it. Continue my work, he says. And if we're uh, isolated and we're alone, Jesus gives us his Holy Spirit. He gives us his very presence that's alive and well today. And if our door is resistance or opposition, Jesus gives us authority to conquer that. So remember, disciples, they were afraid, they were immobile, they were isolated, and they were experiencing opposition. But you know what? Jesus Christ was not limited by a locked door. Woof! Kind of wake you up a little bit. Woof! Jesus was suddenly there. He's not limited by a locked door. Jesus is not limited by a locked door. Say that with me. Jesus is not limited by a locked door. Say it again. Jesus is not limited by a locked door. He is not limited by a locked door with the disciples, and he is not limited with your locked door either. The sermon title is not Locked Doors. The sermon title of today is Jesus with you. I don't want you to remember your locked doors. I don't want you to remember. And no, I believe Jesus doesn't want you to remember your locked doors. Because Jesus isn't limited by locked doors. Jesus is with you. It changed everything for the disciples. They were terrified and scared. Peter was stupid and he would even deny Jesus Christ. But look what happened. The church exists today because of Peter. Not limited by a locked door because Jesus was with him. It continues on in our life today. Jesus is with you. He is with me. Jesus is with us. What does this look like? Big deal. Jesus is with us. Seems kind of nice. What does that look like? Well, my friend, Ali, the guy who's kind of having anxiety about being deported out of Sweden. His anxiety uh, increased so much that he began to think of taking his own life. He would much rather die in Sweden by his own hands than to go and be forced back into Iraq and to die a death in a way that he doesn't know. So my friend, my brother Ali, even though uh, being a guy of faith, was still struggling with a locked door. And he, he wanted to get rid of his life, so he stopped eating. He stopped drinking. Have a hunger strike. So he got help and he got locked up into the, the hospital because they were afraid that he would maybe try to take his own life. So he's there, not eating, not drinking, day one, day two, day three, day four, day five, no food, no water, he won't eat. 
And so the people of the church, we, we go there. And we're really trying to, you know, be a missional community, out, reaching out, being there, doing it together. And we're there, and we're, we're really trying. We're, we're encouraging him, and we're sending him letters, and people at the church are writing postcards saying, you are important, we love you. Eat, drink, we try to do it in a very kind way. And then we try the opposite. We yell at him, and no, you need to eat. Do it. Let's shove some food in your mouth. You know, let's shove some water. Drink, drink, eat. Come on. We tried everything. We tried with the doctors. We do other ways. We had other people go in. We tried to do everything as a community of the church. We were trying to do it. We were trying to do it without Jesus. We thought that we kind of were, but we, we thought, yeah, we're going to do this. We're going to conquer this for him. Then the Holy Spirit kicked me when I was visiting him. And the Holy Spirit has said, bring Iris. Iris is our 15-month-old child. I brought Iris. We were there, and a couple other people of the church were there in the hospital visiting our friend behind the locked door. And while we were there, we're sitting there, like, oh, Iris, here you go. Here's something to drink. She had a little sippy cup and drinking her water. We're sitting there playing. Iris, very cute, takes her little sippy cup and extends it. Ali just kind of pushes it aside. She extends it a second time, pushes it aside. Iris again extends the mug. And this time, Iris says the Swedish word with emotion. Dika, dika, drink. You could have cut the thickness of the Holy Spirit with a knife in that room. And so we opened up the, the cover, and Iris, 15 months old, took this cup and gave it to Ali. He grabbed that glass, he grabbed that sippy cup, and he began to drink. His locked door, his hunger strike was over. He could live. And Ali looked and he's like, I feel as if God is really, he really wants me to drink. He wants me to live. And we celebrate. Because Jesus was with us in that room in the hospital, in a ward behind locked doors. My brothers and my sisters, we all experience a locked door in our life. If it's in regards to sharing the gospel with other people or something else that is happening in your life, we're scared. We don't know what to do. I want you to remember this truth. The truth that Jesus is with you. And because Jesus Christ is with you, it changes everything. Look at Ali. This is the reality of Jesus Christ with us.
Let us pray. Father God, we thank you that you love us. You loved us so much that you sent your son, Jesus Christ, to us to demonstrate your love to us. That while we were still sinners, Jesus Christ gave his life for us and those around us. Jesus Christ, I do pray that your presence here in this church and your presence, your Holy Spirit throughout this city, that you would change us all. Assure us, give us your mission, your Holy Spirit and authority. And Jesus, we pray against fear. Jesus Christ, we pray in your name against immobility, being able to not move. Jesus Christ, we pray against isolation. And Jesus Christ, we pray against opposition. May you free your people and may your kingdom come to Mankato as it is in heaven.